This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. 1203, January 24th, 2023. Good afternoon, and thanks for joining us for the Tuesday edition of the WBBM Noon Business Hour. I'm Rachel Pearson, filling in for Rob Hart. A platform developed by an artificial intelligence company can turn verbal prompts into essays, stories, songs, even images. We'll cover that in our next segment, but right now, with just over a month to go, the race for mayor of Chicago remains wide open. Let's get an update from Greg Hines, columnist at Crane's Chicago business. And Greg, depending on what poll you look at, you see a different candidate in the lead for Chicago's mayoral race. So tell me sort of where we're at right now with this very large field of candidates. Well, you have kind of a scrum, Rachel, to be honest about it. Um, you have a, an incumbent who's uh, who's still in it that is weak uh, and has been attacked. Uh, you have three or four other people who are reasonably close to her, uh, but none of them have been able to really open up a very wide lead. And you're right. Each poll seems to show a different lead. Um, uh the one consistency in the polls that Paul Vallis, the former uh, Chicago Public Schools uh, chief, uh, has put on a bit of a real put of the drive the last uh, month or so. He's been on TV with some pretty effective ads uh, talking about crime. Uh, I don't know if he's in front or not, but he's certainly picked up, uh, according to every poll I've seen. Uh, to a smaller degree, Brandon Johnson, the Cook County Commissioner, also shows some movement. Uh, that leaves uh, uh, Lori Lightfoot and Chewy Garcia, who've kind of gone up and down, uh, depending on which poll, and Willie Wilson, uh, the uh, the businessman who's spending a, a lot of his own money on this race. It's conceivable, I think, that any of, the, any of the five of those, and two of the five of those, could make the runoff. There are just so many factors at play with these candidates, too. Now, you mentioned that, that Paul Vallis has been running a very aggressive campaign. We've seen that. But here, I mean... Lori Lightfoot, yes, she's an incumbent, but she, I mean, she's down, but maybe not out. And the other interesting, I mean, Chewy Garcia also has that name recognition being a U.S. representative. But but again, not seeing a ton of aggressive tactics from his campaign. So I guess you just really name alone isn't enough to lean on this campaign. No, and it's not, uh, particularly now that we've entered the negative uh, campaign aspect of this uh, whole uh, uh, matter. Um, uh, each of now are these folks has, uh, has found some dirt on the others that they're trying to use to affect uh, uh, like Twitter, for instance, uh, tries to uh, type uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Garcia as, as close to the crypto uh, meltdown close to former House Speaker Madigan. Uh, Ms. Lightfoot has to explain her own problems with uh, her campaign and improperly used uh, uh, government email accounts to try to get uh, uh, young people and, 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 and government workers to uh, uh, volunteer to work on her campaign. Um, there's some other stuff I'm hearing about that uh, I think you'll hear about soon. Uh, 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 let's need to say that when it gets that close, people do 
anything they can to kind of pull out an advantage, and that oftentimes turns into negative campaigning. Right, right. Well, so what's going to be key for us to watch for in the coming weeks, especially when it comes to reaching voters? Are they even engaged in this race, or are we just tired of seeing all these political ads? You know, that's a really good question. Uh, my gut tells me that Chicagoans are just now starting to, uh, to tune in. I mean, it's 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 cold, it's winter, you got football playoffs, <laughs> there's other stuff to watch besides a bunch of politicians doing what politicians do. But uh, uh, the, the crime problem in particular is so uh, affects all of us in this town, uh, whether you live in the city or the suburbs, uh, in such a fundamental way that I think that's going to get people engaged at the end. Um, we'll see. And, you know, frankly, I think that's the issue. All these polls, one of the other things they agree on is that the number one issue on people's minds is who can control crime, who can make my neighborhood safe. Um, uh, what do we need to do uh, in the way of uh, helping neighborhoods where uh, that are uh, that underinvested in, and maybe give young people there uh, some other options to turning to crime. Whoever can communicate best on that with a, with a plan that makes sense, I think probably makes the runoff. Thanks so much, Greg Hines, columnist at Crane's Chicago Business. Coming up, using artificial intelligence to craft the written word. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Artificial intelligence research company OpenAI is getting rave reviews for its platform ChatGPT. Well, let's learn about this breakthrough technology from Shelley Palmer, CEO of the Palmer Group and founder of the Med Academy. Shelley, based in New York, let's talk a little bit about what exactly is ChatGPT. Well, it's called Generative AI for Artificial Intelligence, and it's trained to act like a human being. Uh, You talk to it in a chat format as if you were text messaging it or chatting with it in a messaging app, and you ask it questions, and it answers them. But the range of questions you can uh, ask it are absolutely unbelievable. Uh, Write me a poem about blank. Write me a business plan for blank. Give me 10 great brainstorming ideas for my new project. It almost doesn't matter what you ask it. It has read the entire internet up to the year 2021, and it can give you very solid answers uh, to help you uh, be more productive. Uh, One cautionary tale, when it's right, it's really right. But when it's wrong, it's really wrong. So these are early days, but it's taken the world by storm. Got to a million users in six days. So yeah, I mean, it's something right. It's functionality. It truly is limitless. And yes. and I I'm going to use a personal uh, anecdote here. But my husband is a high school teacher, and he has used ChatGPT for lesson planning, for mm-hmm. uh, you know looking for sources on certain materials. And as much as of, of a gift that that is, we're starting to also see in academia that this is presenting a bit of a problem because uh, we're seeing uh, both at the high school and collegiate level, uh, students are using this technology. And unfortunately, it's not detectable when it comes to plagiarism. Here's the thing. We have an education system that is based on the technologies that were available several hundred years ago. Uh, You might want to call it prompt crafting or prompt engineering, Mm -hmm. but we're going to need to learn to use our AI coworkers, and we're going to have to learn to use them quickly. Certainly, if your goal is to memorize a bunch of facts and spit out an essay, ChatGPT can do that very quickly. And it's hard with a plagiarism checker to check it because it writes unique information every time. But that's not what we should be teaching our children. I am a professor of advanced media in residence at the Newhouse School of Communications at Syracuse. And the first thing we did when ChatGPT came out was start to teach our 
students mm-hmm. how to be AI coworkers and how to use this tool to increase their productivity. Sure, you can plagiarize with it, but you can also use it to inspire. You can also use it to help you realistically craft um, plans and proposals and writings you would not be able to do as quickly. So there's going to have to be a shift and a transition and people are going to go kicking and screaming because let's face it, the only people who like change are babies in wet diapers. So this <laughs> is going to take a minute. It's going to take a minute, but really I do, you think it's, it's, it's just going to revolutionize the way we, we craft content. Yes. 100% from artwork to music to the written word, nothing is going to be the same after November 30th, 2022. That is a transitional moment when consumers got a hold of generative AI models And by the way, this is the earliest of days, and it's already taking the world by storm. Imagine where this is in a couple of years. Thanks so much, Shelley Palmer, CEO of the Palmer Group based in New York. Up next, Amazon adding a prescription perk for its Prime member. Your daily transaction for useful information. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Amazon is expanding its prescription drug program for subscribers to its Prime service. Let's get the details from Bruce Japson, Chicago-based healthcare writer for Forbes. Bruce, uh, another perk here for Amazon Prime members, this now in the healthcare space. Yeah, Rachel, it's interesting. Another move by Amazon. I mean, they're trying and they've had a lot of um, starts and stops in entering healthcare. And a, a few years ago, they bought a uh, online pharmacy pill pack. And so I think this is an effort to get more people to use their online pharmacy with the um, $5 uh, add-on uh, prescription to um, uh, for Prime members to, to, to get these generic medications. People need to double-check, though. I mean, generally, the medications on this list, you know, that be generic for blood pressure or uh, cholesterol or whatever, if you have uh, health insurance through your employer or health insurance, you're already getting these type of prescriptions um, through your health insurance uh, for free. I mean, you're already paying your health insurance premium, uh, but you're getting generic. Either the copay is very low if there is a copay at all. I mean, these generic prescriptions are, are, are pennies, so you should really check to see. I mean, a matter of fact, I would say that this would tend to be more for people who might not have drug coverage uh, with their health plan, which is not very many people. So I, I don't know that it's going to make – it's really going to shake up the market until Amazon has a relationship uh, with a big health insurance company, because if you have health insurance, you've already got a drug plan and all these drugs are generally covered. Well, I mean, it it could certainly be a a step in the right direction for Amazon, because right now, from what I understand, is it's it's a list of about 50 generic medications. The the service costs the user $5 a month per person, but there's there's not much perhaps, well, and I'm not sure, is there anything standing in the way from Amazon, you know, instead of going from 50 generic medications to, you know, 500 plus? I mean, is, is that is that potentially what's coming next? No. <laughs> <Because this laughs> All right. Is, no, it, this, is, this is not really that big of a deal. I mean, it's it, it, people say Amazon, it's like Channel 5 and their prescriptions for, a, uh, their, their predictions for a blizzard tomorrow. Oh my God, a snow is coming. We've had snow before. We've had generic medications covered before. Mark Cuban has a, a company in this space. The drugs that are costing everybody money are the cancer medications, rheumatoid arthritis, these drugs that cost $50,000 a year that require a specialty pharmacy. And those are what's driving the healthcare costs in this country. So Amazon, this is merely an add-on. Um, it, 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 it's, it's $5. That's not much money. 
But if you already have health insurance, these medications, you're getting those for pennies or for maybe for free. I mean, not free in the sense that somebody's paying for them through your premium. You're getting them mailed to you. So Amazon is trying to get people to use Copac and their their pharmacy business. But until Amazon has a relationship with a big and health insurance company, which has networks of doctors that can prescribe and get you to use that, um, this is not going to really go very far at this point. It's just an additional service. You, drugs like these are already costing pennies. People should definitely look and see um, how much their, their generic medications are costing them now before they uh, pay the five bucks for this. Always appreciate the insight. That's Bruce Japson, Chicago-based healthcare writer for Forbes. Still ahead in Travel Tuesday, making your next vacation an adventurous one. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. This is Chicago's news traffic and weather station. News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rachel Pearson in for Rob Hart, and these are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Classified documents have been found at the home of former Vice President Mike Pence. The Bulletin of Atomic Scientists moves its doomsday clock closer to midnight. In Travel Tuesday, active and adventure trips are hot items this year. Plus, we also identify the most lucrative side hustles to help increase your income. WBBM Business, the Dow up 70 points, NASDAQ down 18 and the S&P 500 down three points. AccuWeather for the rest of today says it's going to be partly cloudy with a high of 38 degrees. Tonight's low 32. Snowfall tomorrow, anywhere from one to three inches and a high of 34 degrees. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Documents with classified markings were discovered in former Vice President Mike Pence's Indiana home last week. His lawyer tells the National Archives they were inadvertently boxed and transported to the Pence home at the end of the Trump administration and have since been turned over to the FBI. The Justice Department is already using special counsels to investigate the presence of classified documents taken from the Florida estate of former President Donald Trump and President Biden's home and his former Washington office. The Chicago-based Bulletin of Atomic Scientists has set its doomsday clock at 90 seconds to midnight. Rachel Bronson is the group's president and CEO. And so what we're conveying with this clock move is things are not going in the right direction. And they haven't been going in the right direction. And those out who are listening say, like, it doesn't feel safer today. They're not alone. We hope that the moving of the clock, as we assess where the threats are, is a motivator. Factors in the move include the Russian invasion of Ukraine, the climate crisis, and the breakdown of global norms and institutions. Investing 60 minutes each weekday for planning for the future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Markets are mixed this afternoon. We're joined by Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director at Clearstead Advisors LLC in New York. Jim, help us understand uh, after a bumpy start for some stocks, what do you make of what you're seeing right now? 
Yeah, well, what the market's re- reacting to today are earnings. Uh, it's a bit, 20% of the S&P is going to report earnings this week. And the question that we've been uh, uh, wondering and dealing with is the slowdown in the economy due to the interest rate increases. What will its effect on corporate profits be? And we're going to get a real signal of that um, uh, this week, uh, particularly tonight, starting with Microsoft and rolling into several uh, technology companies, high-profile technology companies. So the market acts well. The breadth is good. It's looking for a reason to go up. But it needs two things. It needs the earnings to come through, the earnings guidance not to be too negative. And then next week, the Fed meeting, the Fed to say that they're um, uh, that, that they're going to slow down and uh, stop at some point in the next few months and see ha- what the effect of the increases on the economy are. So the market's trying to go up, but it's got two hurdles, the Fed and earnings. Well, and, and one of those hurdles I, I'm a little pessimistic about, and that is that is earnings, because even just today, both 3M and Verizon out with their reports uh, fell below guidance. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what's predicted of Microsoft here, but it is uh, as a you mentioned it's a hurdle. I think it's a big one. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with you. The estimates have been coming down on both the top-down and bottom-up basis. And don't forget all these interest rate increases. Uh, they only began last March, and they take effect with a lag. So their real effect on the economy is only going to start to be felt uh, over the next several months. So the question is, if you listen to all the senior executives at Davos last week, and, and you're talking to some you know pretty smart people, Brian Moynihan of Bank of America, Jamie Dimon, uh, 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 you know, of um, uh, Chase, uh, they all say, yes, it's going to be soft this year and we're going to have a, a recession, but it's going to be a mild recession. So if it's a mild recession and corporations and, and, and individuals go into it in reasonable shape, it should not be devastating to corporate earnings. Uh, and, and that's what we're going to find out. And if corporate earnings are not devastated, and then you can look to a recovery in 2024, then at some point this year, the markets will start to anticipate that. But I agree with you. As, as the odds right now favor uh, increasing, increasing decreases in earnings estimates and a few more interest rate increases. Whether we see a recession, whether we see a soft landing, where can investors sort of seek shelter and, and find safe dividend yields? Well, right now, uh, uh, fortunately, for the first time in several years, you can actually get it in short-term bonds. Uh, you can get 4.5%, in some cases 4.75% in one-year investment-grade bonds. Uh, and then on the equity side, I would say, look, long-term markets go up, not down. And we, we, we have uh, created a lot of the excesses of 2021 uh, over the last 12 months. And two and three years from now, stocks will be higher. So I would say if you use this period of weakness to buy quality growth companies and companies with sustainable and growing dividends and gradually leg into them, uh, you'll, 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 look, you'll look good over a year or two or three. What I would not encourage is for, is for investors to speculate in companies that don't make earnings and all the meme stocks and the, and the, and the stocks that got killed last year with, that have no earnings that rallied strongly this year. That's a fool's game. The rally is not sustainable. Any other areas that that you would advise we avoid right around now? Well, I don't think you want to have companies with a lot of debt because uh, 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 that debt is going to be going up in in price. You don't want companies with negative cash flow. 
And in a slowing economy, you don't want highly cyclical companies because their earnings are going to are going to decelerate or deteriorate over the next couple of quarters. That's Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director of Clearstead Advisors, LLC, based in New York. Up next in Travel Tuesday, it's setting up to be a big year for active and adventure-based travel. Discussing the news affecting your money, the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. If you're looking for an active, even, dare I say, adventurous trip this year, you'll want to get the wheels in motion now. Let's get some help on this Travel Tuesday from Angie Rice, co-founder of Boutique Travel Advisors based in Scottsdale. And Angie, uh, this topic is right up my alley. I am such a fanatic when it comes to adventure trips and finding those fun things to do in foreign places. Uh, the, the, the key thing to remember, though, is that these things book up very quickly. Correct. And you and I both share that love for adventure travel. And there's so many ways to explore a a trip that is centered around adventure. Certainly the time of year, the season, and the sports of interest. So if you want to hike or kayak or raft, there's different destinations that are going to attract mountain bikers and others, for example, where the trip is going to be geared more towards hiking. But there's some adventure companies that can really do a great job of combining a multitude of adventurous activities. And here's the other thing. Adventurous isn't necessarily synonymous with being incredibly physical, right? I think some people are like, oh, I'm out of shape. I can't do this. It sounds too tough. I don't, you know, I want to relax. But man, I'm thinking about zip lining or even just snorkeling. A lot of these things pretty much anyone can do. Correct. And if you build an itinerary that's customized and you're exploring with a group and it's private, you have significantly more flexibility, of course, in terms of determining the activities for the day, whether you're hiking two miles versus 15 to even, you know, 20 plus miles a day, which is realistic for very active people. But then there's also companies that do a fantastic job of curating experiences, small groups, And it's great, for example, for women who want to travel and they don't want to be alone. They're not quite adventurous to consider themselves the solo travel. They can join a group with other people and feel a little bit more like there's camaraderie. And itineraries offered by companies like Backroads, MT Sobek, they sometimes will even cater to certain demographics, whether it's family or more seniors. And then even within the same tour, because they provide such a great ratio of tour guides, they can even, you can even adjust your own activity level for different days. So if you want to have a more relaxing day, or you can be more on the higher activity level for the entire trip, or you could be lower for each day. So there really is a lot of flexibility if you study the itinerary and you choose the right one for you. All right, I'm going to brag a little bit here because my two all-time favorite travel adventures, uh, my mom and I swam with whale sharks in Mexico, and then I did some whitewater rafting in Uganda. Both very different experiences, by the way. Equally terrifying, but like you said, you're able to do certain things with your family, certain things by yourself. What are some other popular destinations or activities that sort of go with that? Correct. Don't ignore North America. You mentioned Mexico. One of my favorite destinations as of lately, the last couple of years, now that you know the world has reopened, has been Canada. And our national parks are obviously worth exploring as well. And then if you like fishing as well, there's a lot of destinations with lakes like Whitefish where you can combine hiking along with fishing and, and 
sports on the water. Costa Rica, always a favorite, but then again, you have to determine what time of year you want to avoid the humid season as well as the rainy season. The rainy season is in October. Love Portugal as far as Europe. That's a real popular destination. You can do the mainland, head over to the islands, and there's more activity on the islands. And then I would also, you know, definitely consider places that are further away. Patagonia, which you can do the Chile side or the Argentina side. And then if you want to venture even further and, and to the extent you have more time, like three weeks or even a month, consider New Zealand or combining it with Australia or just centering your trip on one of those two countries. Fantastic advice, fantastic destinations, too. Thanks so much, Angie Rice, co-founder of Boutique Travel Advisors. The website, travelbta.com. You can join us at this time tomorrow for Personal Finance Wednesday. And still to come, some of the best ways to make extra money through a side hustle. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Well, if you're looking to make some extra cash this year, you may be considering a side gig. Let's talk about some of the best ones with Michelle Reisdorf, Chicago jobs expert at Robert Half here in Chicago. And Michelle, uh, some of these side gigs, these hustles, they can be pretty lucrative. Absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of are focused in the tech area, which, as we know, if we, as we've heard of, you know, some tech layoffs, there's definitely lots of opportunity for contract work in web design, coding, um, mobile app, or even web development. Okay, now that sounds incredibly daunting to someone like me who maybe isn't the most tech savvy. <laughs> yes. Well, what we found is that a lot of people in the tech sector have bits or parts of lots of these skills. And, you know, in tech, you'll see lots of boot camps offered where you don't necessarily have to go back for a four-year degree specializing in something, but you, you could maybe take a crash course and, um, you know, polish up your skills and get the extra that you need to pick up some of these side jobs. And are these the type of, of gigs where it's it's working remotely or from home? I would imagine that that would be just a, a huge perk to people who are looking to supplement their income. Yeah, that is definitely one of the perks is that as more and more companies start to look at going hybrid or on site, a lot of these side jobs do tend to be remote or even part-time jobs. So you can do them at home and or supplement you know, a current job that you have during daytime hours. So where do I start this search to, to discover what's out there, what I may be qualified for, what, what, what could uh, be added to my work portfolio? Where do I look? Yeah, absolutely. You'll want to definitely go out on LinkedIn and make connections, search for job openings. A lot of the you know, staffing firms out there will have a lot of these jobs posted as well. But, you know, a great place to start is just with your connections and networking. You know, it doesn't have to all be in the tech sector. You'll find... You know, there are opportunities out there for business consulting. You know, this is a big time of year for tax work, um, even blog writing, um, you know, which kind of somewhat feels in that techie field. But, you know, a lot of those you'll find through connections that you make through LinkedIn or other networks. There's also, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there's websites out there that really look for, for someone to do those odd jobs. And it could be really yeah. little, right? Like, can you Photoshop this gentleman's arm out of this picture for me? I'll pay you a few bucks to do it. Hey, that's a few bucks in your pocket. Right. Absolutely. No, great point. There are definitely very specific freelancing websites that you can go out and search for small project type work a great place to start. And, you know, if you've got a portfolio put together, you'll want to get it out there. 
so that it gets noticed and someone can call you for, you know, just a short, quick job. Any advice that you would give to someone before they sort of dive into this process? You know, make sure that, again, that you've got all your skills highlighted, you know, as I mentioned, put together that digital portfolio um, and be very open and flexible. You know, we just recently did a study. Companies are converting about 35 percent of their contract staff. So you'll find that someone that takes on, you know, a quick hit freelance side job might end up finding a permanent role if they're just flexible and willing to, you know, give something a try. That's Michelle Reisdorf, a Chicago jobs expert at Robert Half. If you missed any part of today's show, you can go to our stream and just skip back to the time you want. Plus, there's a pause and rewind function that works both online and with the Odyssey app. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.